This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. In a world where overspending, debt, and keeping up with the Joneses rules us all, where the voices from the merchants, restaurants, and credit companies lord over the common man, out of the darkness, like a beacon of hope, comes a new voice. A voice that's rich and creamy, like your favorite butter, and delicious, like cheeseburger pizza on your diet cheat day. It's The Stacking Benjamin Show. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. The Halloween decorations are up, and Joe's mom's ironing my Iron Man costume. That's ironic. But I'm down here at the microphone helping you get your financial house in order. Sound like fun? How about this? We're about to share a headline about a Nobel Prize winner and how their research can help your plan. Talk to the creator of maybe the coolest debit card yet, answer mom's voicemail box wrong number, and take a letter from a lucky listener. And here to help us, we welcome from the Seven Figures podcast and the co-host of Spezzano and Sandy on The Buzz 98.9 in Rochester, New York, Sandy Waters. Also, from LenPenzo.com, Billy Ray Cyrus. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't want to break your achy, breaky, breaky heart there. It's it's actually Len Penzo. And from the Plutus Award-nominated well-kept wallet, Deacon Hayes, featuring from Hoot, Ash Dodapkar. And now, the guy playing the scarecrow on this podcast, Joe Saul Sihai. Hey, and maybe maybe I am the scarecrow. Welcome to, to another episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. I am Joe Saul Sihai, Average Show Money on Twitter. And I'm so excited because we got a gang of people joining me around the card table today. We're going to start actually with a woman who drove all the way from Rochester, New York, Sandy Waters from the Buzz 98.9, and better yet, the Seven Figures Podcast. What's happening? Hey, God, it's it, it smells nice down here. Well, th- that's for breeze. I was expecting a musty smell, but it's not bad. Well, whenever women come over, mom makes us really clean hard for like three days <laughs> ahead of time. Good, good, so, okay. Well, well t- t- give everybody an introduction to the Seven Figures Podcast because I love it. Uh, well, you were so kind to come on the, the podcast with me, and it was uh, one of the most popular episodes, I got to say. I tried to wreck it, and I couldn't because it's too good. And I don't even know if that was factual information I just gave you. I just said it to make you feel good. <laughs> That's great. It was easily <laughs> the most popular. I have no idea what the stats were, but it was perfect. Just tell me what I want to hear, Sandy. Yeah, That's great. And joining us, uh, who drove all the way here from Phoenix, Another guest on the show, but a little more frequent guest than Sandy's been, Deacon Hayes from the Well-Kept Wallet. Man. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me again. It's a lot cooler down here than it is in Phoenix, but uh, glad to be here. Well, and you're just trying to get away from kid duty, aren't you? Yeah, we got two kids that are kind of uh, going, they got double ear infections, things going on. So, you know, it's nice to be in the basement today. Yeah, like it's time for a road trip, right? <laughs> right. And, so, and speaking of road trip, the guy who drove here all the way from Los Angeles, California, escaped the bunker. Len Penzo from LenPenzo.com. You know what I like, Joe? I like the fact that I can come down into your basement with my typical body odor and Sandy attributes it to the must, musty <laughs> smell of your basement. So that's why I like coming here. Right. Sandy doesn't smell the mustiness because you've got B.O. so bad. That's fantastic. You know, Len, you know a website that doesn't have B.O.? How's that for a transition? 
Magnifymoney.com. Because when you head to Magnify Money, you know what you find out? Those financial products that you use are not maybe the best ones that are out there. I mean, you just walk into your bank and you say, what do you got? You know what you're missing out on? A website that has over 92% of all the financial products out there. So whether it's refinancing your student loans, if you have to take an auto loan instead of paying cash, if you're looking for a 0% credit card, a consolidation loan, or let's say you paid off your debt and now you're going to get those reward points, magnifymoney.com. Tell them we sent you by going to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Happy to have the new sponsor LinkedIn today. You know, the best place to find great talent for your hiring needs is LinkedIn. Businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. For a $50 credit toward your first job post, visit linkedin.com slash SB. By the way, you definitely want to use our link, linkedin.com forward slash SB for that $50 credit because it also shows LinkedIn that you heard it from us. Terms and conditions apply. We're getting linked into a brand new format here on Friday. We've got a headline, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines. And in the headlines today, this one comes to us from NPR. Sandy, never heard of this NPR thing. What are Where are no. they at on the FM dial? Losers? No. NP- <laughs> NPR is uh, a little too classy for us. <laughs> they are up there in Rochester. You don't have any NPR. <laughs> no, we do. We do. Yes. But they, you know, they look down on us. Right. Well, n- not this time. They're looking up at everybody because they've got this headline about a Nobel Prize. The Nobel goes to American Richard Thaler for work in behavioral economics. And Len, I think we'll start with you because before Richard Thaler, it seems people thought that this whole idea of behavioral economics was just fringe work. You know, you're right, but let me let me say something about this. I think a lot of people have been doing this behavioral economics on their own prior to Mr. And I don't I don't mean to disparage Mr. Thaler's work. It's been it's, he's done a lot of good stuff. I'm sure he's won a Nobel Prize. Obviously, that's what this is about. But when I was reading through this and the things he's talking about, a lot of this I was saying, you know, my grandparents took a lot of these uh, ideas that he had, and they were probably doing it subconsciously. Well, like what? Anyways. Uh, like what? Len, give me an example. Well, for example, this we're calling the simplified financial decision making that he talks about, right? Where where you keep separate accounts, he says, in your mind, smaller accounts, and then that way you can focus on the narrow impact of uh, individual decisions rather than the overall effect of that decision. And I think people who, especially people who do personal, they're are good at personal finance. They have, they they're good personal finance managers at home, and they don't use a budget. And I'm one of those people. I used to use a budget. Then I became very good with my budget. And I, I learned it so well that I don't even use it anymore, basically. <laughs> I think that's what people like us do is, is we do that simplified financial decision making. We, we were able to do a more of a 30,000 foot view and make intelligent decisions that way. But Sandy, I think what he's also talking about are things like, you know, the old envelope system, like the breadwinner would come home with a bunch of cash Grandma or grandpa would put that money into envelopes and then they dish it out when an envelope's empty, that money's gone. Your your family do something like that? Um, yeah, in a way, you know, just continuing his thought, it is kind of obvious, right? What Thaler has said, and you're right, we've all been doing it and we all grew up with the thought of money. It, it stems from how we were raised, right? So if our grandparents, like you said, or our parents put money in envelopes. You're right. We were trained to think that's how we should treat money. But if you didn't have that, then you're one of those lost souls that needs some guidance when it comes to finances. Don't you guys agree? Well, yeah, I think that, I mean, I think personally that then Thaler's work, what you're saying, brought that common sense that was common sense to some families like yes. yours and Lens, and brought it to other people like mine where we never talked about money. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So you guys didn't when you grew up. Growing up, your parents didn't talk about money? Well, they did. But if I walked in the room, man, that discussion was over. It was done. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, no. So did you have that aha moment then to where you are now financially stable? I had the aha moment when I went to college and I took out American Express card and had my credit ruined within 90 days. Ah. (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah. That was was my aha moment. I touched that stove big time. Well, Deacon, you... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say his work, we do all appreciate his work and he's extremely intelligent. Yes, but it is kind of like what you guys are saying, obvious that we've all been kind of doing forever. 
Yeah, well, Deacon, on your show, you talk about people getting out of debt all the time. I'm sure Thaler's behavioral stuff or a lot of the tricks that you guys talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that really stuck out to me was his discovery that we're irrational beings, right? I think uh, what people don't realize is that we often make a lot of decisions, especially when it comes to debt. Like I, I had this one girl who said she went to school to become a veterinarian. She had $300,000 in debt. I said, how much do you make a year? She said $40,000. Well, that's completely irrational, right? She was a, a horse vet working part-time and he kind of hit it, the nail on the head where he's like, once we understand that we don't make always rational decisions, then we can make policy to kind of, um, you know, get the end that that the, the policy would want to yield. So, you know, that's what I see all the time. I think we, as human beings, we're emotional. We make irrational decisions. We finance cars we probably shouldn't. We have that gut feeling in our stomach, like I shouldn't be signing right now, but that new car smell smells so good, you know? And so really just kind of uh, reinforcing that, that that's a reality and, and trying to curb that as much as possible. Does that mean though, Deacon, that once we, once we know that, that we're irrational, that we then set up systems because systems are pretty rational, right? And systems I think are the difference between letting our lizard brain just go crazy and uh, making the right move. Yeah. Well, systems are huge, right? Like I, I know that there's certain things that like, let's just say if I worked at a place that had Mike and Ike's in a bowl, right? Like I would, I would constantly eat those Mike and Ike's, right? Like, so I would make sure that I never have Mike and Ike's in here. Otherwise I would gain an extra 50 pounds of sugar, you know? So really just kind of like setting up boundaries, systems, you know, budget, if you want to call it, understanding, you know, where your money's going and, and kind of protecting yourself from those rational decisions is huge. We had Mike and Ike's here, but Len ate them all before you and Sandy came down. <laughs> Just what a pig. I appreciate that. They were good too. They, I'm more they, of a were... chocolate girl. You can have them. <laughs> hey, can I, can I bring up an interesting point about Mr. Uh, you I guess his, we're pronouncing his name Thaler or Thaler, but do you realize that his name is basically pronounced? He's Scandinavian. It's a Scandinavian name. It's pronounced taller, right? Ah. And a taller, the way he spells it actually, T-H-A-L-E-R, was a silver coin between the 14th and 18th centuries. It was very common in Europe, the taller. And we can take it one step further. The taller is where the word dollar originated from. Mm. See, Sandy, Sandy, people say they don't, people say they don't learn anything on this show. (laughs) Yeah. I am going to tell all my friends about that one. That's awesome. Yeah. The water cooler tomorrow (laughs) is going to be hot. Yes. Yes, on Monday on the morning show, I will be talking about that. Right, but it's coincidental. I'll give you credit. Don't worry. It's coincidental that the guy who wins a Nobel Prize in behavior economics is named Taller. Yeah, or or Thaler or Thaler or whatever. I want to go back to this idea of systems. Not that Taller's aren't (laughs) thrilling. Don't get me wrong, Len. That is thrilling, and we could stay with that. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to uh, back to systems because I'd like to hear from each of you. I think to wrap up our headline. When it comes to a system that's really helped you with your money, what's the system that has been the difference for you and your family? And I guess, Len, if you don't mind, we'll start with you. Most obvious one, obviously, is is a budget, you know, setting up and some system to organize the information. But you just said you don't use a budget anymore. So (laughs) that's correct. Anymore, I don't use. But I love budgets. I don't use them. (laughs) Well, I, I said it was instrumental it was instrumental in allowing me to eventually yeah. see the big picture from 30,000 feet. Right. So right now, a system that I use, I don't know if I have a, you know, a real system other than maybe I do talk about my strategic planning. And it, again, that's on a spreadsheet where I, I look at things 10 years out and, and the big purchases I'm going to be making over the 10-year period. So I guess if you call that a system, that's a system I'm using now. No, well, so. that's a good system because you and the Honeybee then are on the same page about your long-term goals, which is really cool. Yeah. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Deacon, how about you? Best system in your family? Well, so the best one that we used uh, was to pay off our debt was the debt snowball, where we paid all our debts off smallest to largest, regardless of the interest rate. And once again, kind of tying into that psychological, emotional beings, like just the ability to pay off small debt and, and feel that victory and pay off another debt, feel that victory gave us the motivation to kind of keep going. So we don't really do that anymore because all we have left is our mortgage. And so we just put extra money on our house every month. So if, I mean, I guess technically we are paying the largest debt off last but that was a huge beneficial system for us. That's a, and that's a behavioral system too, right there. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, and that's what it is. I mean, I, I love that quote where it's like personal finances, you know, 80% behavior and 20% knowledge, right? Like we all have the knowledge. It's actually doing it's the difference. Sandy, how about the best system in your family? Well, first, when we approach finances, you got to take the emotion out, right? We all agree that 
if you're going to tackle your finances and be financially independent, you have to remove the emotion out, which is, I think, what Thaler was pretty much saying. The system that we had, it really, it isn't really a budget. I don't think we could call it a budget. It's more of a goal. So we set a goal in our mind. We want to be able to retire by this age, whether we actually will or not is another thing, but we want to have enough saved to retire at this age. And then everything that comes up, every uh, expense, we look at it as, okay, is this going to help us achieve that goal? Should we spend the money on this or is it going to set us back? And that's really what we focus on. It's like that Stephen Covey, what is it called? Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Begin with the end in mind. Yes. But you got it. When you think about the big picture, okay, the end, sometimes it's good to have that focus on something because if you don't have that goal, then you're just all over the place, right? right? So you have to have the direction. But if it's too big, sometimes it feels too overwhelming. So you got to go to that goal, reach that goal piece by piece, step by step, you know, approach it incrementally instead of, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. How am I ever going to get there? And I think everybody can achieve a financially comfortable place. You know, you just got to hold yourself accountable. Right. Instead of like eating all of the Ike and Mike's at once, like take a quarter of the bag and concentrate on that, then take the next quarter bag. Right, Len? Can I be excused? Uh, I'm not feeling so good right now. (laughs) (laughs) You can. And I think our big lesson here, guys, is uh, behavior for the win, right? I love what Thaler or or Taylor or however we're going to pronounce it today, <laughs> whatever he said. I love it when they asked him uh, how he was going to spend his money and he said he was going to try to spend it as irrationally as possible. Oh, right. That's right. the funnest way to do it. When I first heard about uh, this next fintech product, by the way, we don't endorse any of the fintech products that we have on the show. Just I love some of the cool things going on around the world when it comes to financial technology. When I first heard about Hoot, I thought, really? A Bluetooth enabled debit card with a smart screen right in it? Uh, I want to tell you more myself, but let's hear about it from the company themselves. Time for you and I to talk about Hoot. And coming down the stairs to the basement, Ashitosh Dadakar. Welcome, man. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Well, it's great. I am always get excited when I hear about innovation in banking. And so I can't wait to introduce our listeners to Hoot. But tell me first, where did the idea for Hoot come from, Ash? Was it you were frustrated with your own banking or you saw an opportunity? Yes, Joe, you know, I bank with a couple of the traditional banks and the products that they offer are really boring to begin with. And the apps uh, that they provide really have absolutely no functionality in them, right? The only thing you could do is like log in, check your balance. If you want to look for a transaction, you have to spend like hours looking for it. So that that was the fundamental inspiration behind Hoot. What we are really doing with Hoot is taking a quantum leap in both the user experience provided by the, the card, but also the functionality provided by the app. We are tying this, you know, what we call a hyper-personalizable digital card that has a screen inbuilt into the card, along with an app that uses uh, AI algorithms to help you budget and save money. I want to go through the pieces of this because, and you know what, in our show notes at Stacking Benjamins, with your permission, we're going to link to that video that you had because the video really shows everything that you're talking about, Ash. Let's start off with the card that people have. So this is a, it's like a smart debit card. So it's like any other debit card, but it has, a, it has my picture on it and it has a screen. Why those two things? Why those two things? Great question. So, you know, I am a firm believer that cards are a reflection of your personality. And unfortunately, debit card space is full of like really boring plastic. Uh, The credit card space has seen some interesting stuff with like black card, Chase, Sapphire Reserve, etc. But the debit cards are really, really boring. And so what we want to do with Hoot is use technology to allow people to put a personal imprint on every transaction. So when you put the hoot card down, people are going to ask you, hey, what's, you know, 
what's with this card? You know, how do I do this? It starts a conversation, right? Yeah, because it's uh, even it's even aligned the different way. Like instead of being horizontal, the card is aligned vertically. Exactly, because we felt that we really, really wanted to change the way people perceive debit cards. Um, and, you know, millennials uh, end up using debit cards a lot. In fact, 63% of the millennials use debit cards because they do not have the credit histories built up to uh, have one of these fancy credit cards. Sure. And they do care about user experience, right? They, are, they have grown up in the age of Uber and Airbnb and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat, great user experiences. But then when they go to their financial products, they are stuck in the 80s, right? So that's what we really wanted to change. The card can be personalized dynamically. So let's say you're a good-looking guy, which you are. Uh, you can put your own picture on it. But for people like me, uh, uh, you know, who may, who may not have the right face on our shoulders, we could go and put a picture of, you know, Fabio, favorite superhero. Right, you know. yeah. Or Iron Man, or you know, or if uh, you know, I'm a basketball fan. If the NBA season is going on, I can put the logo of my favorite team on there, right? The idea was that when you you do a transaction at any store, any cafe, any restaurant, we want the card to enable you to start a conversation. Well, what I like about the face too. I mean, you know, we've had a lot of stories on about identity theft. I think it's also just another affirmation if I've got my face on this card that if my wallet gets stolen, that my face equals the face of the person handing you the card. I mean, for people that decide to do it that way, I think that might be an extra layer of protection. Absolutely. I mean, you know, instead of checking an ID card, you have your ID on the face of the card. And, yeah. and more importantly, you know, it's your current picture. It's not your picture from like, you know, 15 years ago when you had a big beard and long hair, right? right. It reflects what you are today. So, uh, you know, I think that's a great point. I mean, security is often overlooked um, in this market, mostly because, you know, consumers think that, hey, you know, somebody else will cover up for me. But it's, it's one of the fundamental problems facing the industry today. And you know, with your face on the card, the cashier can immediately say whether it's you or somebody else. But let's talk about the screen. So I hit the button on the screen and it shows me my bank balance. Absolutely. So we have used this really, really cool technology. And I can't, you know, I can spend an hour on it. But basically, it's a display similar to what you see on an Amazon Kindle. But it's completely flexible and it's as thin as paper. So you can literally like bend the display and it will still show you your picture, right? So when the card is in your wallet, it shows you whatever picture you put on it. But we also wanted the customers to have an ability to do a quick balance check without removing their phone. Imagine that you're going uh, to a restaurant and the bill is kind of racking up. Before you pay, you can discreetly just press the button and see how much balance you have on the card. And the balance just flashes for a couple of seconds and disappears so that the entire world doesn't know, you know how much you have in your bank. So that's one of the functionalities that we have added. Going forward, you might be able to see certain deals flash on the card or, you know, other pieces of information that you could configure from the app. And we have a bunch of them in the works. But of course, we need to get out the, with the most fundamental feature. And so sure. right now it's balance check, savings check. And then in case your balance is going above and beyond certain limits or you're spending too much, we may give you something called a habit alert. So, for example, let's say you usually spend uh, $50 on a weekend, but this weekend you happen to go on a drinking binge and spend 100 bucks. Uh, so the card might flash a thing saying, hey, you know, uh, let's bring our spending under control. And then the app will kind of help you with certain tools to start saving a little bit more money. So the idea is to basically be a friend to our consumers and help them kind of evolve in this you know complex financial world uh, to a point where they have great credit histories they can get good mortgages etc etc and it's my understanding and like you said we don't want to get too technical that the card is attached to my phone and my hoot app in my phone so that when i make a transaction i can then automatically put it in the right spot in my budget is that correct yeah. So as soon as you swipe the card, you get an instant notification on the app saying that, hey, Joe, you bought XYZ at, let's say, you know, Phil's Coffee. And right there, you could just click on that notification 
and tag it saying that, okay, it's for a business uh, coffee or it's, you know, it's on vacation or it's with Ash or whoever it is, right? You can do it right in the moment. So that's a very, very big step forward compared to some of the other apps out there like Mint and others. Yeah. Where you have to sit at the end of the month, try to remember what you did on that particular day. And by that time, you know, if you are a busy person, you have no context, right? Most importantly, most people don't have the time to do that. So I downloaded my Mint app, but I never look at it because, you know, the only time I can look at it is end of the month. And most of the time, I don't have the time to go through all the transactions and mark them. Yeah, and so we want to do everything in the moment. Yeah. Instead, it's like uh, David Allen, touch it once, get it in the right place and don't think about it again. It's already filed in the right spot. Absolutely. I have to ask you about then the uh, one thing about the debit card and about that screen. What's to stop the server? Let's say that they get my debit card, right? They take it back and they're running the debit card from pressing that screen and looking at my bank balance. Oh, uh, that's the marvel of technology. So basically, the card is actually linked to your mobile phone. And we show your bank balance only if your mobile phone is on you and within six feet of the card. So if you give the server your card and he goes to the back room, he can press the button as many times as he wants. He is never going to be able to see a balance. That is that is so amazing. And then who is actually a bank then, correct? So then I bank through you? Yeah, who is a bank, uh, which has a very, very simple onboarding process. You basically just go onto our website, put in your name, social security number, and we open a bank account for you and ship you the card. And then you download the app, connect it to the card, and you're ready to go. That is, it is very simple. Uh, the site is hookbank.com. Ash, thanks for spending a few minutes telling us about Hood, and congratulations on all the rollout so far. Thanks a lot, Joe. And I hope your followers out there will uh, avail of uh, the great discounts and will have fun using Hoot. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm holding in my hand both the key to working in this basement, a fluorescent replacement light, and today's amazing trivia. And because you ask nicely, yeah, I'll share it. Here it goes. Let's talk about wills for a minute. Around $2 billion is lost from estates every year in the USA because families didn't have an estate plan. What percentage of that money ends up going to attorneys? I'll be back with the answer and... A brighter basement in just a moment. I raise your hand. Do you drive an extra five minutes in traffic to save just a few pennies at the gas pump? Well, when's the last time you spent five minutes trying to save on the big things like auto loans? Lucky for you, we brought in Nick Clemens from Magnify Money with a few tips on saving money if you find yourself financing a car. If you're buying a new car, there's really no better deal than the 0% financing that would be offered by the manufacturer. The issue really starts to happen if you don't qualify for the manufacturer's financing or you're buying a used car. And in those cases, I, I think it's a very good idea to always shop online and get a low rate before you walk onto the lot. Uh, chances are high that the dealer will beat it, but if you don't walk onto the lot with a low rate to begin with, you know you won't get the best deal. Thanks, Nick. More than just auto loans, Magnify Money's the perfect spot for reviewing just how well or not your checking and savings accounts are performing. You might just decide to switch banks. And guess what? Why stick with just one bank at all when you can use magnifymoney.com to always find best in class stuff? Stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Average person saves $450 in interest when they go there. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Big thanks to LinkedIn for supporting our podcast. Have you ever tried to hire somebody? Because it is hard because, you know, often your best candidates, they might already have a job. So what if you went to a place where people go daily to grow professionally and explore job opportunities? In fact, we already know that 70% of the U.S. workforce is in this place. It's called LinkedIn. You already know LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network. Well, it's also a better way to find great talent. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who've posted to LinkedIn jobs over the past year. 22 million professionals view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week. And because LinkedIn considers skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your job, 
to potential candidates, businesses rate LinkedIn jobs as 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. Our podcast is only as good as its people. It's the same for your business. Every hire matters. So don't settle for just posting and praying the right person's going to stumble on your role and apply. Head to linkedin.com slash SB and get a $50 credit toward your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash SB for your $50 credit today. Terms and conditions apply. I'm back, trivia nerds, and I come bearing the gift of a trivia answer. Here was the question. Around $2 billion is lost from estates every year in the USA because families didn't have an estate plan. What percentage of that money ends up going to attorneys? The answer? Of the $2 billion family lose from estates without wills or trusts, about three-quarters of that, or $1.5 billion, ends up in attorneys' pockets. Ouch! I guess I picked the wrong profession. Actually, I don't think I've picked any profession. See ya! I think I like Len's answer to that one best. I, I, I like Me Len, too. Yeah, Len Penzo said, it, what did you say, Len? I said 200%. Yeah, Len, Len said- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that means not only the lawyers get the 100 and then they get another 100 from the, uh, from the poor heirs. <laughs> My favorite joke about attorneys of all time was a guy goes to see an attorney and says, what do you charge? And the attorney says $25,000 for three questions. Guy goes, oh my God, isn't that a ton of money? And the attorney says, yes, it is. What's your third question? (laughs) Which is so absolutely true. But Sandy, I like your answer too. I like that you're on 98.9. So your answer was? uh, 98.9%. And you were close. You were only slightly over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not too bad. And Sandy, what do you think about Deacon's answer? Uh, him saying 40%. Deacon said 40%. Deacon, what the hell are you thinking at 40%? You know, we we uh, had an accident where we had to do a settlement and we had a lawyer involved and he didn't even take 40%. So I was thinking I was being a little bit more gracious. Uh, so uh, you can, can tell you I don't deal with attorneys number? every day. Yeah. Can, <laughs> well, can, is can it, you give me his phone number? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk after. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Deacon. <laughs> 1-800-AMBULANCE-CHASE. <laughs> no, I don't... I don't know. Hey, what do you call 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? Oh, that's so bad. Oh, my God. Any lawyers listening right now completely right. hate you, Joe. Well, well they, you, no, they don't. You know why? They've heard these jokes a million times. Okay. My lawyer friends know the best lawyer jokes. Like all my friends from Arkansas, like right across the street from where I live, they know all the best Arkansas jokes, like all the best redneck jokes. So it's a good start, Len, right? Joe, how could you? I thought it's a terrible tragedy. Joe, that's not the punchline. (laughs) Of course. Hey, let's answer this call on my mom's voicemail. My mom gets a wrong number from time to time. And uh, my mom's wrong number is brought to you by FamZoo, hoping to teach kids about money. How about an app that'll help you teach everything from compounding interest to stock splits, allows you to give out allowances and helps you teach kids how to use a debit card responsibly. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash FamZoo for details. And today on the line, we're talking to our new BFF, Tyler. Hey, Joe and OG. This is Tyler calling from Michigan. Just wanted to first let you know that I love the podcast. Wish there was a little bit more information, though, because I never seem to learn anything. Right. Anyways, I do have a question. I have a pretty substantial student loan, paid down the majority of it, but have about 35000 left. But I do have quite a bit of equity in my home. My question is, is it worth opening up a HELOC, paying down that student loan, rolling it into the mortgage, and kind of having a fresh start from there? Or is that a bad idea? Thanks again. Bye. Hey, thanks for the question, Tyler. And you know what, Len? I need you to do a definition for me, if you don't mind. Some people don't know what a HELOC is. He used that little piece of jargon. Can you explain to everybody what a HELOC is? What is that? Home uh, home line of credit. Home equity line of credit. Bam. For the win. That was close, man. You put me on the spot there, Joe. And and it's home equity line of credit. Right. I mean, that kind of, is it Tyler? Is that his name? Tyler? Tyler's questions kind of gets me a little shivering just a little bit because he's basically wanting to pay off a student loan, which is really unsecured. Although I guess you're, you're in favor of his home, which is secured. And if he runs into trouble down the road and can't make that payment, you know, he's putting his, his home at risk. 
right? Yeah, Sandy. Can I have a, oh, can I bring up one, one more point? No, you're bring- you're done, man. The Mike and Ike's <laughs> thing. Aren't HELOCs tied to the prime rate? Because if they are, doesn't the interest rate change? And what if interest rates start going up? That's well, another and, issue. And interest rates have been going up. So if it's an adjustable rate loan, which is a question to ask, and you're right, most of them are, I think that puts him maybe between the crosshairs is what you're saying. Yeah, so, so be careful there, Tyler. That's what I... Yeah, Sandy, what do you think? He's got these student loans, roll it over to a home equity line of credit. And I mean, there he might at least have lower payments. Oh, God. The whole student loans, anybody who has a huge student loan, they're still trying to tackle. It's just, it's tough. It is tough, but I would not touch my mortgage. I mean, your goal should be, at least in my opinion, my goal was to pay down my mortgage so I could own my house. So God forbid anything happens, I get fired or whatever. They can't kick me out of the house. So if you're going to tie things into your mortgage, now you're going to make that more difficult for yourself to achieve. You know what I mean? So the student loans, that's painful. But I'm not too well versed on student loans. I don't know what the interest rate is, the percentage that you have to pay on those. Is it low? Do you guys know? Yeah. Well, I think I think Deacon knows. Deacon, student loan versus rolling it into your house. Yeah, so the argument could be made now. This is not where I would be standing, but you know the interest rate, right? So HELOCs are let's say two and a half percent, and student loans could be six or seven percent. So you know, from a logical, rational perspective, you could say, "Hey, let's take out this HELOC at two and a half percent and pay off a loan that's a higher interest rate." But the problem with that is kind of what Lenton uh, alluded to, which is these are mostly adjustable rate, so that rate doesn't stay that way forever, and rates are going up. And two, like like Sandy said, the risk that's involved, right? Like you could lose your home. You're putting yourself at that risk. So I'm kind of with the the roundtable here that I would uh, I'd stay away from that HELOC. Stay away from the house. Yeah. What if money's really tight though, Deacon? I think if money's really tight, you kind of just make Tyler aware that hey, here's the downside. And like Sandy and Lenton mentioned, it's a huge downside. But but hey, go for it. Hey, there's one thing I'm pretty sure, you know, when you student loans and, and those are government loans, right? So yeah. governments tend, the government loans tend to be more forgiving and that like you can petition for, for hardship assistance or, or, or you know, so yeah, I, I there's just think you have income based outs. Yeah. Income based yeah, repayment think, plans in some cases. Yeah. 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 I think you have much, many more outs if you run into trouble down the road. I think you're just better, you know, I don't know, just not do it. Sandy, I like the point that you made earlier about about risking your house and they can't kick you out of the house. I think most people don't realize that if you only have one payment left on your house and you miss that one payment that's left, you don't lose like one 99th of your house. You lose the whole damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to what we were saying about Thaler, right? It's emotion. You have emotion tied into it. So if you want to, uh, you know, make a home improvement, that sounds so exciting and you want to keep up with the Joneses of your neighbor. So, hey, why not? It's a low interest rate. Let me just add it to the mortgage. Well, now you're just getting farther away from owning that house. And some people don't think that that's even possible, but it is. And that should be your number one goal to own it. So it's yours and nobody can ever take it away from you. I think that's a great place to leave this. Thanks for the question, Tyler. I appreciate it. And if you've got a question and want to send it to my mom's wrong number, uh, head to stackybenjamins.com. And at the top, you'll see questions for the show and you can either write us a letter or you can click on our voicemail. And that's how you'll do what Tyler just did. Doug brings down the mail, and we have a letter here from Chris. Chris says, I'm seeking recommendations for estate planning attorneys who can set me up with the basic estate planning documents like a will, power of attorney, etc. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but I don't mind driving a couple hours to work with a recommended attorney. So uh, he's asking for a recommendation. I can't give him a recommendation on an attorney, but I think that we can talk about getting your estate set up. Does anybody know an attorney in the Dallas area that they want to... uh, that they want to refer to Chris. Anybody? It charges 200%. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That doesn't live at the bottom of the ocean, Len. <laughs> Don't put that on me, Joe. Right. <laughs> but, but, but let's talk about estate plans because unfortunately, Chris, we can't recommend somebody specifically to you, but we can talk about what your estate plan should look like. So Len, I think we'll start with you. A basic estate plan. What do you think Chris should be looking for? I have in my estate plan, I have a, my will, I have the honeybee's will, 
Um, we have something called an advanced health care directive. So, you know, that tells if we're disabled or whatever, it gives instructions to the family and, and the hospitals on how we want to be treated if, if we're in a vegetative state or, or something like that. So, of course, on mine, I said, hey, keep me alive at all costs. I do not care. Put me next to Walt Disney. That's right. On ice. Yes, that's right. And uh, freeze my head and all that. But uh, no, just kidding. Uh, and the other thing we have is um, we have the durable power of attorney, which you talked about. Of course, then there's something called the declaration, which is where you lay out your your who's the uh, conservator is of your and who, who's the ah. person who executes. So and that's very important, too. So, um, it, you know, that's a complete thing. And it's a really thick document when you're done with it. it I mean, the thing is, you know, 100 pages deep. The, con so. the conservator is who takes care of the money that your kids will get until they're able to. That's correct. And it makes sure in the wills, for example, in the executors, it makes sure who's getting what, uh, makes sure everything gets doled out as, as it's supposed to be. I think that's a, a nice, thorough, basic estate plan. Uh, Deacon, what about your estate plan? Yeah, it's a little bit more basic. I definitely would say it's something that people need to do. We have a very simple plan. So we have a will and we have assets that are pretty easy to dice up. And in the state of Arizona, in, in, in many states, you could actually have a written will. So if you hand write a will, it's a legal document. So for people who've been procrastinating for like a decade saying, oh, I'm going to get to that. Literally, you know, my wife and I are on the way to California for a wedding and we had a kid uh, and we left him with our my mother-in-law. Oh, I thought you were and saying like, you had a kid on the way to the wedding. Like, yeah, wow. we had a kid on the way to the wedding. No, we, had a, we had a kid at the time. That's, so, that's so quite we're, a trip. We're, about, we're, about, we're literally about to leave the house. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to write on a piece of paper. If something happens to us, you know, uh, my mother-in-law gets our son, you know. And then, you know, so that that's a legal binding document. So um, obviously you want if, you know. You want to see an attorney and make the time to do it. But at the very least, listening to this podcast right now, you could write a will in many states and it would be a legal document. I wrote one of those, Deacon, and it said the five million, if I die, the five million dollars is in the. Because <laughs> <laughs> that I hey, yeah, in, the hey, in, right. the in the current events, a man, I, this was just uh, just the other day, a man uh, texted his wishes. I guess he was on his deathbed. Oh, he, yeah, he yeah. Texted it. And the judge said, yes, it counts as his will. Yeah, because he and he never sent it. He never sent the text. No, that's that's right. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Unsent text. Yeah, but that, I don't know. Is that going to hold up everywhere? Like you got to pray that's going to hold right. up. Right. Because I talked to a couple lawyers who do this, and this is one of my biggest fears that I'm not going to have all my ducks in a row. So I've done a lot of interviews with experts in this. And some say, and I guess it, maybe it depends on what state you live in that because mine, I just did it online, right? Quick online, very simple. And she said she has seen clients who when you do it online, yes, it's more cost effective, but it could be missing these huge important parts right. that you didn't even realize until obviously it's too late. So her recommendation was, and a lot of people that I've talked to, it's you, you should have um, an educated lawyer look it over and make sure you have everything, you know, not that your kids are going to get all your money from, you know, that moment that you pass. It's, you know, it's in a trust. So they have to hit the age of whatever, you know. Well, with a lawyer, Otherwise, what I like about having a lawyer, Sandy, is that a will is still going to go through probate court, right? It just makes it smoother. I don't know if probate court is really smooth, but it makes it much, much smoother than if you've got nothing. And you're kind of you're kind of pre-interviewing the person that your family's going to deal with who takes that that will through court. That person knows you, you know them, they get to know what yeah. your wishes really were. And so I think it makes it easier for the family to get that will completed versus if I'm online, now my family has to go interview different people and decide who's going who's gonna to be their representative. True. And what else I learned is a lot of it can, you can avoid probate in a lot of areas. If you, let's say, do the TOD on your money in the bank, right. you know, the transfer on death. So sure. that will avoid probate. So I'm, I'm understand, you know, to my understanding, that's how it is. That's um, another big thing that I just learned from a forensic accountant is when it comes to, um, uh, financial abuse with the elderly, if you have just one person or two people in charge of your will, that might not be the right way to go. The more people you have involved, more checks and balances. Really? So somebody doesn't get greedy. You know, if you have just wow. one daughter who's in charge of everything, well, she might see dollar signs and then, 
you know, take advantage of that. But on the other side, I just see people, when I was a financial planner, I'd see people yeah. fight over stupid stuff. Oh, it just is. It's stupid sad. Stuff. It really is With sad. a will? Yeah, I would, I would tell people, I would tell people Len to hire one person not hire, excuse me, choose one person and make sure that they're okay with everybody else thinking they're a complete a-hole. Like it's gotta be the person in your family that's not making friends. Their job is just to get it done. The letter of the law, what I wrote. And you know what? I'm not your buddy. I'm the estate executor. I'm the person who's but just. But what if that person is greedy once they see how much you're really worth? Yeah. You know, mama's worth so much. Uh-oh. Right. You know, with greed comes a different side of human beings. But that's why, you Len, know, with money. Yeah, right. right. That's why Len blows all his money, Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> Just gets- I've never seen. The, hey, hey, my dad has always said he's never seen a Brinks truck follow a hearse. Right. <laughs> he said, ideally, the ideal life is when you live your life, you spend your last penny on your funeral and then you're done. That's the perfect. You know, you've done it perfectly. I don't know if I, I don't agree with that, but. But, you know, a lot of people think that way. Hey, one other thing you can do, don't forget the poison pills in there. You know, if somebody wants to get greedy in the contesting side, you can say anybody who contests this will get one dollar. Oh, like that. Well, but then if you've only got one person in charge and they're sneaking stuff out and somebody else, you know what I mean? I mean, you're taking away the check and balance there. I can see how I can get ugly. The plot thickens. I want to ask each of you about like kids and money, because Len, you mentioned this word conservator. And a lot of times when I was a financial planner, I'd see people have a separate conservator and somebody else who took care of the kids, which can create a nightmare, right? I've got this person taking care of my kids and now they have to ask this other person for money all the time. That's not going to be a fun relationship. So other people have the same person. Do you guys decide to have the same person have your money and your kids or separate? Deacon? Nope. Separate. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, Len, go ahead. Yeah, you oh, said separate. Yeah, yeah, we have separate. We have we have separate caretakers for kids, and it doesn't apply anymore because my daughter turned 18, so that right. disappeared. You know, Which is also gone. why. But you're... up until then, we had we we had totally separate, totally separate. Yeah, Deacon, how about you? Uh, well, you know, the hundred bucks in our bank account, we got one person to kind of manage <laughs> right, that. So. Right. Um, so fitty, fitty. yeah, no, we, yeah, we have one person, and I'm I'm with you. I used to be a financial planner. I saw that a lot. Yeah, I mean, there it is good to have checks and balances, but we do have one one person when it comes to the kids and money. Sandy, how about you? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I have no idea. I need to get my act together, and maybe this podcast nice. is going to kick me into action. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if I have all my bases covered here. Oh, I think our job here is done, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. That is fantastic. By the way, thank you for the letter, Chris. And even though we couldn't recommend an exact attorney. Oh, you know what? We should talk about a trust because I noticed nobody, none of you thought about having a trust. Is there a reason why you decided? Because a trust doesn't go through probate. It makes sure that uh, when you die, pretty much your things go, there's a horrible way to think of, well, attorneys will, will go crazy about this, but I think it's a great way to think about it. All of your things go into this company that still is alive when you die. So if you die, your company's part of this, your money's a part of this company, your assets are part of this company that is still alive and you just have directives inside the company. So it doesn't go through probate. It's completely private. It makes sure that your affairs go very smoothly where they need to go. You just need somebody else to be the trustee. Uh, I guess we'll go in the same order. Len, why didn't you choose to go with a trust? Uh, but I did. So you uh, did. My estate plan is 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 part of the trust. It and is a it, trust. You know, Great. It is a trust. And 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 just to let people know, though, it that compli- It's a minor inconvenience. Don't you know? This is something. Don't. I'm just telling you. This is something you have to deal with when you have a trust. It's not. It doesn't override the importance of having a trust. But when you do it, when you have a trust, for example, your home becomes part of the trust. It's like, for example, the title to my home is not my name. It's the Penzo family trust. Well, you can choose, and you can choose by the way, to be fair, Len, whether you put that in the trust or not, but anyway, I get where you're going. You're right. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's what I, but that's what we did. Yes. And, and sometimes that can be a real pain in the butt. So yeah, <laughs> right. Right. Deacon, why didn't you guys decide on a trust? You know, uh, just being a financial planner and seeing the complexities of it, I feel like it is very beneficial for people with complex situations and lots of assets, lots of moving pieces, lots of kids, you know, and so we, we're going to move towards a trust now that we have two kids right. and make it a little bit more uh, solidified. But yeah, just knowing that there, there's a cost involved that's pretty hefty and uh, it does change things like Len said. So, you know, doing it when it makes sense. Yeah. You get to seven kids, you're going to do it. That's what you're saying. <laughs> You know, 
I wanted to ask you a question because obviously I have done research and didn't put any of it into action yet. I do hear that a trust is beneficial and it's a smart way to do things. What do you guys see as the average amount that you should spend on an estate plan, on a will? Because I'm getting all these different numbers from different people and I don't know which one is really accurate. That's so all over the board. Len, do you mind? Yours is 12 years old. Do you remember what yeah, you paid? Yeah, but you know, you can probably figure inflation and whatever. Sure. I paid $500 in 2005. So yeah. I don't know what was probably double by now, at least. So yeah. probably a okay. thousand. Mine is pretty technical and involved a family limited partnership at the time, but it, mine was $1,200. Deacon, in how what about, year? Deacon, when, when uh, was that? 2005 then. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now uh, can you revisit it? Cause someone told me that I should. So her fee was 2,700 flat fee. That's at 2,700. And I can go to her at any time when needed. Yep. And have forever. it, and have it redone forever. Sound legitimate. Yep. That's how my lawyer does it. Yep. We could go back make changes. Yep. But okay. 2,700 versus what was yours, Len? 500. And I'm sure now we need a complete overhaul. So this is, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get charged a good amount of money, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you can go do little, little touch-ups, little changes. Yeah. If you have a question, like we had a question with our, I'll go back on my house with the, the name of the, the title of the house was in the trust. We had a little issue with that. We had to go to him for that. So Deacon, you know. Deacon, you were a financial planner too. Sandy's question for me is tough because I saw people Everywhere from five thousand dollars to three hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, it's it's all over the board and really dependent on the complexity. What what did you see? Yeah, very much so. I mean, usually I saw a lot of the complex ones, you know. So it was they're probably more towards the three to five thousand dollar range. But the simpler it is, I mean, you can get one on LegalZoom for probably one hundred and fifty bucks, right? Right. right. Uh, but if you want if you want to have a legal professional do it, you know, they're going to charge. I don't know, $200 an hour or I would $400 an hour, whatever the, the rate is. So obviously it's going to cost whatever it takes for them and they have software and such, but I would expect at least $1,000 these days. My my favorite attorney way back when, Sandy, uh, and, and I stopped practicing in 2009, if it was very basic, it was 400 bucks, like the most basic, it was $400. Mm. Um, and then it went up from there. Yeah. See, that's something that we all need to have. But man, that's a that's a hefty cost. That, that, that is, start saving for it now and get it the day before yep. you die, right? Yeah, but it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. It's worth it. That, yeah. That's money. Uh, to, I know it is. You know, yeah. yeah, you can't. Yeah. You know, guys, thanks a ton for playing. And by the way, Chris, uh, thanks again for the letter. If you've got a letter, send those to me, Joe at stackingbenjamins.com, or head to the once again the Stacking Benjamins website. Across the top, it says questions for the show. Click that link. And you'll see, you can send us a voicemail, you can write us a letter, whatever you want to do, that'll get to us and uh, we'll cover it on the show. Thanks to everybody also who's told a friend about us or left reviews. That's fantastic. People got to know what they're getting into uh, when, they, when they listen to the Stacking Benjamin show, because it's a little different than a lot of the other financial shows out there. Got to say thank you to you guys. Let's, uh, uh, Sandy, we're going to give you the last word. So Len, let's talk about what's going on at lenpenzo.com. Hey, I got two items. One is something, actually, both of them are about insurance. One is something you don't see a lot of on the web, and it's a comparison of self-defense and concealed carry weapon insurance. So that that's one. Wow. And number two, yeah, and number two is pet insurance. There's a I have another article on the pros and cons of pet insurance. So it's insurance week at lenpenzo.com. How about that? It's quirky insurance week, which is also lenpenzo.com. Quirky, quirky. Yes. yes. Deacon, thanks for hanging out again, man. Yeah, thanks for having me again. You know, uh, I actually got a book deal, so that that was phenomenal. So and um, you and, and 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 by the way, not to cut Congrats. you off, but you're but you're coming back soon. You're going to be our featured guest on an upcoming show. I'm super excited about that. I wasn't sure if this was that that time or not. So I'm, I'm glad I get some more airtime. <laughs> no, we're uh, gonna we're gonna grill you later. This was the easy one. Yeah, it, it's kind of along the lines of what you know Sandy was talking about earlier. It's it's called you can retire early. Everything you want to know about uh, financial independence when you want it, and so uh, comes out eleven seven. And I've got more information at wellkeptwallet.com/slash/retire. But really, it's practical tips using real life examples and case studies of people that have done it. Right? I mean, 
we just seen people do it. It's the 21st century, 2017. We have, you know, podcasts and, you know, people can make money in their basement. There's so many ways to do it. So are you um, talking about me? Really excited about. Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about me? <laughs> yeah, I might have been alluded to you. I mean, I'm, you're one of my uh, you're one of my heroes, Joe. Yeah, because I make money in my mom's basement. Is that why? Yeah. You, you, I, I tell you what, man, every time I see you, my face just lights up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you're like I'm doing better than him. No, no, but but honestly, man, it's been a fun journey, and and definitely to to let people know that this is a reality. Like you, you whether it's through real estate, whether it's through starting a business, sure. the stock market, you know, the opportunities are out there. Yeah, no, that's exciting, and I can't wait until uh, we have you back, Sandy. Tell us about the podcast because it was so fun being on your show, and it's so crazy and so fun. So tell everybody about the Seven Figures podcast. That we just try to, because I am not really the expert expert. I just know that we can all achieve financial independence and success if you just put a little effort into learning about it. So I try to make it very concise and clean. And this is what you need to know. And this is what action you need to take today. And we can all achieve it. We can all live so comfortably and without any stress of how am I going to pay that next bill? We just got to put a little work into it and that's it. So, and it's available wherever finer podcasts are found. There you go. There it is. And we'll link to it on our show notes. <laughs> at stackybenjamins.com. Guys, thanks for playing and we'll everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Go stack some Benjamins. Bye-bye. Mr. Doug, it's all yours now. Take it away. Sure thing, Joe. Why don't you get back to playing with your easy bake of, and I'll take it from here. So what should you have learned from today's festivities? Well, first, if you learn anything from Richard Thaler winning the Nobel Prize, you'll realize that your behavior affects your wealth much more than outside factors like taxes, inflation, or even picking the perfect investment. Create systems so that you optimize your approach and stick to the plan. Second, your estate plan couldn't be more important. Whether you have children as beneficiaries or not, if you know when you're going to die, take care of your estate the day before. If you don't know, do it now so you don't have to worry about it again. But the big lesson? Don't let Joe's mom wash your Iron Man Halloween costume. Now I've become the amazing shrunken man. But then again, I look great in a tight shirt. This will still work. Special thanks to Sandy Waters for joining us on today's show. You'll find out more about Sandy and the Seven Figures podcast wherever you listen to this show, or we'll have a link in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks also to Deacon Hayes from the Well-Kept Wallet blog and podcast for joining us. I know this will be shocking, but you can find out more about the Well-Kept Wallet where? Well, at the wellkeptwallet.com. What else did you think I was going to say? And special thanks to Len Penzo from lenpenzo.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and... I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Margie down at the Sizzler just told me I made something of a Freudian slip. When I asked her what that was, she said it's when you say one thing, but you really mean your mother.
Welcome to the after show for those of you new to the after. And if you only listen to the Friday show, you are new to the after show because you we have never had the after show. We only have had it on Monday, Wednesday. But now it's coming to Fridays. And I'm so happy that our whole roundtable stayed here with me because uh, we got some stuff to talk about. The rules around the after show are what happens here stays here. It's like Fight Club, right? Do not refer to the after show. We're not going to link to anything. We generally don't talk about personal finance anymore. If you wanted personal finance, you can say goodbye and we'll talk to you on Monday. So those are the rules. If you have to refer to it, refer to it as dessert. We have people from time to time. And uh, I think Deacon and Len already know this, but Sandy, sometimes people refer to it and it's kind of annoying. So we told them, just say dessert. If you say, hey, I like the dessert portion today, we get what you're talking about. Ah, okay. Yeah, so there it is. So today we're not talking movies. We're not talking board games. We're talking about this guy. This is from the Huffington Post. Man claiming to be from the year 2048 says he's back with a dire warning. It seems this guy, Len... This guy's a time traveler. What's up with him? Well, apparently, he, this is a, some guy in Casper, I guess. And uh, he told police they, they found him drunk. And he said that he's a time traveler from 2048 and that aliens filled his body with alcohol. Right. So, uh, and, and I got to be honest, Joe, my body's filled with alcohol right now. <laughs> and I'm still here in 2017 in your basement. But, so, but, 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 but Deacon, you got to be filled with alcohol to time travel. Everybody knows that. <laughs> you know, it, it brings me back to, was that show in the 80s where the guy always like traveled back in to time? I thought you'd know that one. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that. Quantum Leap? Quantum Leap. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah. But the idea is, I mean, he's got to be legit, right? I mean, he said that there's aliens coming in 2018. I mean, I don't know if he's referring to Kim Jong-un or, I mean, uh, if it's a real extraterrestrial thing happening. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is what we're dealing with in 2017. Drunk guys that came from 2048. Well, he still... I hope men don't look like that in 2048. I mean, I hope that's not the future of the picking right there. (laughs) He's pretty rough looking. You don't like the way this guy looks? Look, his his blood alcohol content was 0.136, which is huge. And, uh, I mean, look at his eyes. Oh, my God. He looks like an alien. But Sandy, he, he stood on a giant pad, which transformed the year 2017. <laughs> but he was sa- he was supposed to be sent to 2018, and they effed it up. Uh, <laughs> his, his stylist effed up his hair. Is with. <laughs> but you you're assuming he has a stylist. Oh, that's true. You are. I think it's hysterical how they wrote an article. They actually like this Nina woman actually took time, interviewed this gentleman. Right? Did she interview him? I don't know. Actually took time to listen to a drunk guy talk about no 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 hold on let's say if you're sent back from the future right yeah if you're sent back from the future and they want you to talk with nurses or doctors and you've got a message to deliver are you going to talk to nurses or doctors no you're going to do what he did and you're going to insist on meeting with the quote president of the town isn't that true len isn't that what you did when you did this yeah, the president of the town. Yeah, that well, of course. I mean, what else would you do? I mean, this this guy's hey, let me tell you another thing. They said they transported him to the Detrona County Detention Center without further incident. I want to know did he, did he go in the back of a police car? Or did he just use his own uh, his his whatever he used to get to 2017? <laughs> that's that's true. But the big thing is he had this dire warning, right? I mean, he came here with a dire warning that the aliens were coming next year and we need to make sure to leave as fast as possible. I think Sandy, that's a that's a, that's a scary thing. If aliens are coming, shouldn't we listen? Well, maybe aliens are nice. We didn't even give them a chance yet. You know, I nowadays in 2017, we're accepting of everybody. We should the be accepting of the will, aliens. College students will love it. I mean, he, these aliens like to fill people up with alcohol. <laughs> oh, true. Good point. Very yeah. Good. Well, well, why be? You might be excited. <laughs> Send them to colleges across America. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> people lining up to meet the aliens. Oh, those aliens are great. I love the aliens, but, but he said, but he it said, might be nice people. Who knows? Here's what I wondered. He said, we got to be out of here as soon as possible. Right. He was supposed <laughs> to go to 2018. So does that mean we've got 12 months to get the hell out of here? Or did he go to the wrong year and we still got to get out of here like now? I mean, what if the joke's oh, on it, us and it this means is true. the aliens are as screwed up as he is because they, the other technology isn't perfected. I think, Deacon, yeah, I think this is go the ahead. most, well, I think this is the most important question we've asked on today's show. 
Oh, by far. But you know, if yeah. if uh, Elon Musk is listening to this, he needs to get uh, get his act together with SpaceX so that we can, you know, start getting onto some other planets if this is the case. Well, luckily now we know somebody at a radio station in Rochester, New York, so we can just all go there and we'll send out the signal. Yes. Right? Isn't that what happens? Doesn't everybody go to the radio signal, Sandy, in these movies? And then Absolutely. they put out the the cry for help. You've got the keys, right? Rochester is the perfect place to be and hide because no alien is coming there. <laughs> Aliens will never go there. <laughs> no, don't worry. We're safe there. Because the aliens will go there and they'll go, oh, somebody's already done this. No, I'm kidding. It's horrible. <laughs> we get, remember Kodak, good old Kodak. We got, we got yeah. an air pollution bubble around, around Rochester, the home of Kodak. So we're fine. We're safe. But it's pretty. Hey, you know what, Sandy? Do you ever think that about your, your voice is going out into space? Eventually the aliens are going to listen and hear you. They're going to hear your show. <laughs> Oh, maybe they're huge fans. <laughs> Wait a minute, I take that all back. Hey, I was the one who said I loved aliens. They were—they could be nice people. She's like, maybe I love them. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Wait a minute. Sandy said to do a college campus to go meet aliens, right? <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military and let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend og who spent time in the military and of course we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh, mr surly navy federal offers member only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals visit navyfederal.org celebrate and you'll see all their military appreciation month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.